better lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Woo, what a big What a big one. Go is right. Let's go. Here we go on a Thursday. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. And tonight, Ole Miss going to be the home team hosting Mississippi State. It's a big series. You know, and the thing about it is, have y'all glanced at the RPI rankings? I don't know how much stock to put into it. As far as getting in the tournament, this is not a conversation that we've had to have too many years or really any that I can remember. And I I say that I can remember, I mean, I got a pretty short memory. But, you know, usually this time of the year, we're, we're monitoring the RPI and who's in the top 16 because that thing is a really good guide, the top 16, as to who's going to host in the postseason, who gets to host a regional, you know? But that's not the conversation we're going to have today. And in just a little bit, if everything goes according to plan, my man Bart Gregory is going to join us too. But the conversation is about RPI as it relates to getting into the field of 64. And you got two teams squaring off this weekend in Oxford that all the projections say you're not even in the tournament. And and State's got a really poor RPI, Ratings Percentage Index. What does it all mean? I don't know. You look it up, there's numbers all over the page. I'm terrible with numbers. Well, except phone numbers, I'm pretty good. I, I've, I've had this guy's phone number for a long time, and he's on your radio right now. You hear him on the call from Mississippi State uh, Baseball and the SEC Plus, men's basketball, a little bit of everything. Uh, he's a part of our radio crew in the football season, but we got baseball in the brain right now. Bart Gregory on your radio. Hey, Bart, happy Thursday, man. What's up? Hey, what's up, Matt? I well, Thursday, man. You're one day away from the weekend. Mm-hmm. Past hump day. Yep. I start our weekend series this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Oxford. So, yep. man, yeah, how you doing? I'm just right, and I appreciate the positivity in your voice because just before you came on, I thought, all right, we're going to preview Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and I pulled up records and RPI, and I went, whoa, it's not really, <laughs> it's not a pretty scenario, is it? Now, and, and when you look at the two teams, Matt, in SEC play through 15 games, uh, both teams are very similar. When you look at the way they hit, they're you know, both batting right at the same amount, and the pitching ERAs are very similar. You know, you look at the Ole Miss in, in SEC play, you've got Elko who's hitting, what, 407 in league games, but then you don't have another player batting over 300. Mm. And then you look for State, you've got three players batting you know, right at the 300 mark, and R.J. Yeager has been really good in league play, and then you've got Cumbus and then Logan Tanner right there just under 300. So uh, it's amazing how when you when you think about these two teams and you look at it and how similar they've gotten to this point, I think if you ask both teams, they'll say that right now they haven't got the pitching out of the bullpen that they would like to have had. But uh, but also they has, they've had some guys coming back in their lineups that uh, a lot of folks thought that would you know, both these teams will be a lot better offensively than they've been, yeah. and they just kind of haven't measured up this year so far offensively. Hey, Bart, is maybe I'm oversimplifying, so feel free to uh, chew me up, spit me out on this. But 
do both teams offensively sort of speak to the importance of consistency? Coaches talk about it, consistency night in and night out. Because both teams have been explosive and, and can be, right? Like every time you go to the ballpark with either one of these teams, you're not necessarily surprised if they have a good night and put up a double digit with three or four home runs. It's just they don't, neither team does it consistently, right? Yeah, and, you know, Ole Miss has 28 home runs at SEC play. We've got 26. Mm. So, you know, and, and you start looking at how you generate runs. And I think when you look at Ole Miss and you look at State, you know, both teams have been looking for that long ball. And that's been one of the ways you've scored and one of the only ways you've scored. And so, you know, even in uh, even in you know, the late 1990s when you had the, the bats, I mean, if you can show up one day and get good pitching, and you can shut down a team that relies some on the home run ball. Man, that's, it's just so volatile. Some days you go out there and you're going to score nine, ten runs. The next day you're going to go out there and you may get five hits. Mm. And I, don't, I think that may be something that's just a little bit different for, for us to get used to. And, and maybe it is. When you start looking across college baseball, it's very similar to that in a lot of different areas. Um, and so I think both of these teams have been living for the long ball. And if you look at the, at the weather this weekend, you know, the wind is going to be blowing for the right, you know, right field foul pole to the left field foul pole at that ballpark every day. And, and so is it going to cut in on some balls at the right field? It just seems to me the ball really jumps out of that park to right field. Hmm. And it always has. Yeah. And uh, you just kind of wonder what that, what that launching pad is going to be like this weekend. Right. And of course, if the wind's blowing really hard, you, you don't know who's going to get hit with the beer shower and who isn't. You know, just how far does it carry? Right. But, um, the same as a baseball, Bart. Um, so so it really does come down to pitching, doesn't it? I mean, again, you can't just single out one thing really for either team with their struggles to this point. But you know, when you look up and at this point of the year, Ole Miss and State have two of the higher opponent batting averages against their pitching staffs collectively, and that's I mean, there's there it is. That's why you lose some games and lose some you aren't supposed to, isn't it? They just don't. And injuries factor in too, certainly for state, I know, but um, that's kind of the that's the sore spot, I guess, for both teams. Is that right? Well, that too, and you know, it's, I think the injuries have really played a big part, especially for state. Yeah. Uh, I think you, know, you start looking at at uh, Landon Sims and then Stone Simmons, and then you know, what do you have last weekend that happened? You know, Brooks Auger left the game early, Parker's that left, and, and so you just. You don't know exactly what's going on in, the, in that pitching meeting room right now. You know the thing about it, Matt. If you if you give up a decent opponent batting average, uh, the way to complement that sometimes you get hit. Sometimes you know if you're a sinker ball guy, sometimes you're going to get hit. Sometimes your your batting average is not going to be that bad. You look at Brandon Smith. The opposing team batting averages are pretty high, but he doesn't walk anybody. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you're going to do that, if you're going to allow teams to put the ball in play, you better not be giving out free passes. And I think if you look at both of these teams this year, that's been the Achilles heel for State and Ole Miss. It's been, and I think it's kind of going hand in hand, to be honest with you. You look at so many walks and so many hit batsmen. Ole Miss had that problem on Tuesday night. We've had that problem all season long. And then you complement that with opposing batting averages. I think the opposing batting averages are high because, you know, it's it's not the walks, not the hit batsman, but it's falling behind two and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's three one counts. It's not getting ahead, and and so I think you know therein lies you know one of the bigger issues, uh, along with not being able to string along and get 
you know, four, five, three, four, five hits at a time and, and bunch things together. So it's just kind of been a recipe. Hey, I still think that, that both of these teams, you know, we're trying to poor mouth right now, right. to be honest with you. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, <laughs> and so, but at, at the end of the day, um, I think both of these teams, if they got a shot in the arm, are two types of teams that can kind of get it going. Right. And it, and so, Bart Gregory on your radio, that's it, Bart, as you look at them, uh, you know, you look at State's staff, even post-injury, uh, they're still one of the better strikeout pitching staff. They do, they do get swings and misses, and like we said, they can be explosive. So it's about getting into the postseason. And it's just you got to find a way to get in. How much, um, again, I, I hate to sound like we're poor-mouthing. I'm just trying to look at it in terms of reality with this huge series coming up starting tonight. Uh, how much chance is there? I mean, how is there still plenty of hope? Do you think for state and Ole Miss they can play themselves into the NCAA tournament? Well, I think you know t- tonight is and tonight and this weekend. I think it could you can make up a lot of ground this weekend if you're Mississippi State. Okay, okay? the way the RPI is built and the way it's weighted, and you have more weighted for you know road wins over an RPI high RPI team. Mm-hmm. I think you have a chance. You know. Say if State wins two out of three this weekend versus Ole Miss winning two out of three this weekend, it's going to help State more than it would Ole Miss just because of the weighted factors in there. And then, you know, you, you start looking at the schedule until you have left on the season. You know, State still has Texas A&M. You still got Tennessee, who's the highest RPI team in the country. So that's an opportunity. It's the last weekend of the season. You know, how will Tennessee play it going in? We saw Florida come in the number one team in the country a few years ago and just kind of play dead that last weekend just to get in the SEC tournament because it didn't matter. Right. Um, so I think there's decent opportunities out there. It's not like you've got an, an 81 RPI and you're playing in the Horizon League and yeah. you know that you essentially got to win your tournament. I mean, there are some. I mean, there's some ways to make up in the RPI, but at the end of the day, you got to win. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so uh, you better be figuring it out in a hurry. Um, no question about it. I mean, it's because of the RPI factor and the way that thing works. If you're in a maroon uniform, you go, you go into not just this weekend, Bart, but isn't it? I mean, you got to go into every game the remainder of this season feeling like it's sort of do or die, don't you? No, you're, yeah, you're almost at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're at the midway point of the season, and so um, you know it's it's. <laughs> So, uh, you know, you don't have many midweek games left. That's That could be a good thing because it's not going to pull your RPI down. Yeah. Uh, the, the bad thing about it is that sometimes in midweek games, it allows you to kind of take a deep breath and get your feet back up under you and and uh, take some good, and have some good at-bats. And so yeah. the, uh, it all boils down to, I think, you know, you just got to come out tonight. If you're state, you got to look for a good start from Brandon Smith, not get anything up in zone. He's gotten good movement with his two-seam fastball the past couple times out, and um, and hey, what's the strike zone going to be like? Is if you're getting injured, if you're getting a ball or two off the outside corner, yeah, uh, then you got a chance, a real good chance, because Brandon, that's kind of where he lives, and so, right. um, it's just, it, both teams are still searching, man. It's yep. crazy, you know. Yep. We 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 turned up our lineup last weekend in the rotation. Ole Miss is kind of turning their rotation up. They're Pitching Elliott the game in the game tomorrow night. He didn't even pitch last weekend. So, anyway, yeah. we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Bart Gregory on your radio uh, right now, previewing this uh, series between State and Ole Miss. It starts tonight in Oxford. Brandon Smith on the mound. And Bart, I mean, 
you know, we saw that last week with a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Smith threw on Thursday, and then they go Preston Johnson, who's been your Friday night guy, and they left him on Friday night. That's strictly a calendar thing, um, and that's why Smith is throwing the first game because it's a Thursday. Well, I just think, you know, with last weekend, I think it was a calendar thing. And now, mm. you know, I think just the next week, how it falls into place, it'll be interesting to see what you do next week mm. when you go back to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, we threw a lot of bullets out there, and, and so did Auburn last Thursday night in game one. And uh, we were able to win that game late against Auburn. And so I think that maybe affected the way you pitched in the Friday and then the Saturday game as well. You got to have a good start out of Brandon Smith in this game tomorrow night, our, our game tonight. And so that's that's the big key for State. Sure. What about you know from a confidence standpoint at the plate, Bart? You know, some people might be looking at it going, "Okay, State won a series. They felt like they might have stolen a sweep from Auburn. Didn't quite do it. Took two out of three, and then put seventeen runs on the board against Jackson State in the midweek." Does that lend itself to some confidence, maybe for State at the plate going in? What do you think? Well, I think no matter what happens, I think yeah, confidence does play a, a big factor in this game. And I think the way that R.J. Yeager and Charlie and I talked about this a little bit ago about how that I think the top of the order is so imperative, especially for for us for State for R.J. Yeager, who's hit the ball well in conference play to give you a table setter at the top of the order. You know, we've had success against Ole Miss in the past several years because of what you've gotten at the top of your order, whether it be a Jake Mangum, a Luke Alexander, then you look at the past couple of years, a Tanner Allen, a Rowdy Jordan. Those guys have shown up and ready to play, man. They have been really ready to play in this series. And so an R.J. Yeager, a Cameron James, a Luke Hancock, those guys, the table setters at the top of your order, have to have to get on base and uh, and, and provide a spark for you. And kind of make it, hey, Ole Miss, you know, that's, we, we talk all the time about, you know, playing at home, playing in front of big crowds. It used to frustrate us sometimes when Coach Paul used to say about, you know, the, the pressures it puts on you about playing at home. Well, I mean, Ole Miss has those pressures this weekend uh, of having a lot of, you know, they'll have a big crowd. It's double-decker weekends, Grove Bowl weekend. And so uh, sometimes the big crowds don't play to your advantage. Yeah. But you've got to turn the crowd. They, you know, you got to win the crowd, win your freedom. It's like the old gladiator, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, and Bart, it's, I wonder what your opinion is on that, um, kind of the overall, the home and away factor in baseball. You know, it's it has a certain connotation when we talk about it in football. We know what home field is like for an SEC football team, you know, for at least 13 of the 14 right now, what it's like. Um, and I don't know if it's this, even with the big crowds, I don't know if it's necessarily that way in baseball, but then on the other hand, you have this thing called the dude effect, like at Duty Noble, late innings in front of some of those crowds, and we have seen it seem to have an effect in those late inning situations, one-run situations on opponents and on opponents' pitchers. How big a deal is a home field in something like this we're going to see this weekend between State and Ole Miss? Go to Arkansas uh, like we did a couple weeks ago. I think if you play in that environment, I think if you play in that environment, it doesn't affect you as much. Mm. You know, if I'm if I'm a kid at Alabama and I'm playing in front of 2,500 people every weekend, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get in front of big crowds at late in the game, and you know in the back of your mind, okay, here they come, um, that may play a part of it. But you know, we saw it last year with Dudley Casey in the Saturday game, the game game number two against State, 
And he came in here, and he just—it's almost like he relished in the crowd, the big crowd that day, yeah. and threw a one-hitter against State here last year. I think if you in it all the time and then go on the road, I don't think it's as big of a factor. Now, it can be a factor, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's as big of a factor as it is, say, when somebody else comes in. Sure, uh, Bart, you were mentioning the strike zone earlier, um, kind of figuring out what it is. Uh, I know early in the year as the SEC season started, it was like pitchers and, and their staffs, and they're going, okay, we we got to really be good at identifying what the strike zone is and then kind of go from there because of the idea of the umpires being evaluated or graded with the track man stuff on balls and strikes. You hearing anything on how that's uh, worked, um, what effects it may or may not have had to this point? You got any thoughts on that? Well, I thought the first three weekends, it was tight. I, yeah. mean, I thought the zones were tight all the way around. I thought the last two weekends, the things have opened up really big. And, um, I mean, at times, big and inconsistent at times. I mean, and not just one way or the other. I'm talking about for both teams. Yeah. And so you kind of wonder back channel-wise, they got in a room and said, all right, boys, I know we're using track, man, but it's gotta, you know, we got to help some guys out. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Hey, let me tell you this, Matt. I mean, I hate to, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, too. But it just seems to me, and I may be wrong on this, it just seems to me that offenses are down in the past three weeks ever since they started checking those bats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just kind of, it kind of, kind of feels weird. I mean, it's just too convenient. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, uh, I don't know. I'd love to know the back channeling going on there too. Well, you're right now, because I was. I remember the first SEC weekend. You know, you were looking at the numbers and compared to last year, the the balls in play, the home runs, the runs scored were way up uh, across the league. And at first SEC weekend, as compared to the first SEC weekend last year, and I was just looking at it from a standpoint of the strike zone, thinking, okay, well, if they've tightened it up, and they obviously did, it just meant the ball was over the plate and guys were hitting it. You know, uh, but the bat thing—I didn't think about that. But you're right; there was a couple of. Am I remembering it right, Bart? There were a couple of flare-ups around the league, like a guy getting a home run taken away and some things like that. And all of a sudden, now we're seeing a bunch of five to four games. Yeah, I know. And in the league too. I mean, the pitchers are falling like you know, left and right out of here. It's not like we're doing it against better pitching. You yeah, know what I'm right. I mean, so I mean, it's. Uh, I'll just say this: it's, it's kind of it's too convenient. It's too too convenient out there. So yep. Tony Vitello really wanted that bat really bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they took that bat, and, and the and the umpire had it. He was he was wanting that bat really really bad. I don't know if he wanted to test it or not. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Give me my bat, or else I'm going to chest bump you across the field. Is that the <laughs> thing? I mean, it's, look, I, I was saying this yesterday, Bart. Like I'm. I, I'm the world's worst over the course, whole course of my life of like losing my temper and then act like a, an idiot and then cool down and realize I act like an idiot. You know what I mean? When you get hot headed. So it's not like I can sort of chastise Tony Vitello. It's more like I can empathize with how he felt. Still, that's just stupid. What he, what he did this past weekend. I mean, go out there and chest bump the umpire. You know what the result is. <laughs> you know, so yeah. he's, he's, uh, well, yeah. He's an Arkansas guy, and Dave Van Horn and, and Tony Vitello had words, and Tony and Dave Van Horn had some words about him earlier this year. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's a hey, he's done a good job. Now he's 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 ruffled the, the blankets a little bit. I mean, he's, he's a right. 
he's a different dude. I mean, sure. he is a different dude. And what did they get? Mad? They got mad at the, at the Alabama for calling the pitches. I mean, it wasn't even. A, it was a home game for him. Change <laughs> up your signals, man. That's, that's been ha- stealing signals the right way. Has been happening since the advent of baseball. Right. Or get one of those wristbands, you know, the electronic deal, and just kind of take it out of the equation. But, you know, you, you're right. And the other thing, too, Bart, is like I see a coach chest bump an umpire, and it's like you you do that because you kind of know there are rules in place and people are watching, and you know he's not going to swing on you. You're not going to, like, walk up in an alley and and just and chest bump Brad Cumbus and challenge him. You know, like, you're not chest – there. so it kind of comes across as weak sometimes when I see that happen also. Um, but hey, look, you're right. He has done a good job at Tennessee, and and it's easy to get heated in the middle of competition for sure. Uh, Bart, look, I appreciate some time here on this Thursday. Uh, didn't have kind of the same conversation we've been having the last few years, but still, we got something to play for nonetheless. I know you'll be watching, and I will too. Appreciate the uh, time, buddy. Man, yeah, let me know if you ever need me. Okay, we'll do. Thank you. That's Bart Gregory. And uh, you need to listen to he and Charlie on the Out of Left Field podcast. If you haven't, they do a great job in preview and review throughout the season and kind of keep you up to date on some of the baseball stories out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Coach Vitello at Tennessee said apparently in an interview that his pitching coach was mad that Alabama was stealing signals. And then he was mad that his pitcher had gotten hit with a comebacker. And so he lost it and got thrown out of the game. And Vitello said he was just going out there to, you know, stand up for his guy. I'm like, you mad about stealing pitch signals in the first inning? All right, then. But I digress. Big game tonight. I'll give you some of the details. We mentioned RPI. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Just getting started. Stick around. Who's not bald? He's just taller than his hair is. Nice hair! It's a Matt Wyatt show. I'm a New Yorker, by the way. I'm a New Yorker. But I'm not from the New York that you think of when you think of New York. I'm not from New York City. I'm from a small town in western New York State. I call it New York Country. (laughs) Out where I'm from, there's two kinds of guys guys who go hunting. And guys who go, hunting. <laughs> now, do you know the difference between hunting and hunting? Hunting is for the good of the animals. You got to kill some deer in the fall to have enough food for the others to eat in the winter. That's hunting. Hunting? That's a little different. Hunting involves liquor and flashlights. <laughs> You're been on Tulane County Road and you see a sign with a bunch of bullet holes. That's hunting right there. Stop this truck. I'm going to shoot something. No, you yield. <laughs> uh, no, you yield. That's uh, comedian <laughs> Ross Bennett on the difference between hunting and hunting. More from Ross Bennett coming up later in the show. Back with you in the Bureau. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Bart Gregory. You can be a part of the show, and I hope you will be today. Give me a call or shoot me a text. You can call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. They're grilling out there. they got a bunch of food from Country Pleasing and Country Meat Packers. They're grilling, having lunch, 
handing out deals and discounts all over the place right now as we speak today on this Thursday at Divinity Equipment on Highway 51 in Madison there at Gluckstadt. So go see Jonathan. The number to call, 995-1059. Now, shoot me a text on the aforementioned country-pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Uh, talking about Vitello getting tossed from the game and bumped the umpire and got suspended at uh, Tennessee baseball. Next Gen Reb said, I'm not so sure it was stupid, though. His boys have been fired up since the incident. Yeah, what? They won the last two of that series. Of course, they're better than they are better than Alabama, what Alabama took the first game. So Alabama winning that first game and Tennessee losing their first SEC game may have fired them up more than anything else. Um, and, yes, yeah, Smokey, I did see that. Uh, it's a neat story. If y'all hadn't seen it, Tony Vitello, the, the coach, he's suspended, so they're making good on it. He, he offered $2 chest bumps for the Wounded Warrior Project along campus. They were doing a, 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 a fundraiser. It said, you know, he kicked off his four-game suspension by trying to turn it into something good. So he joined several Tennessee, University of Tennessee fraternities outside the library. They're trying to raise money for various organizations. He held up a sign and said, I'll give you a chest bump for two bucks. <laughs> so uh, that's a good thing to do. That was neat. Appreciate you sending that along. Yeah, and look on the uh, on the RPI thing. Here is the scenario. Okay, it's not pretty as it is right now. You have you have fourteen teams in the SEC, and in terms of their RPI ranking, Ole Miss is eleventh out of fourteen, near the bottom, and State is fourteenth out of fourteen. At the bottom, in terms of ratings percentage index, uh, Ole Miss sitting there at 59 right now, 5-9. Mississippi State sitting there right now at 81. So the RPI for both is awful. Now, like Bart was saying, because it's on the road, and, and the RPI, uh, what did you call it, equation? <laughs> That's what it is, a formula, the RPI formula and equation. It really weighs road games heavily, and it weighs home games very lightly. So it can work both ways. Winning a road game is really good in the RPI. You know, sometimes even losing a road game will actually help your RPI better than winning one at home. I'm not kidding you, depending on who you're playing. And losing home games really bites you in the rear end. So, because this series this weekend is in Oxford, we're the halfway point of the year, this is one where Ole Miss can't afford to lose this series, you don't feel like. Because against State, it's a team with a bad RPI, and you're playing them at home. And if Ole Miss loses these games at home, or two out of three even, it's really going to shoot them down. Whereas State, with the bad RPI, you're playing a team that almost doesn't have a great RPI, but it is at their place on the road. And if you can win games on the road, and then you have a neutral side opportunity next week, that's why Bart was saying because State's at the bottom right now, they could make up ground if they were to win this series this weekend. But they're sort of in desperation mode in terms of getting into the NCAA tournament. And I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's tough to look up. I'm not trying to put a damper on what's about to happen. It's a big series, and... Games are important. 
you're supposed to just look at one game at a time and not look ahead. You would if you're in the clubhouse, but it's just a conversation we hadn't had too much. And meanwhile, like hands down, far and away, going away, it's really not even close. The best team around here is Southern Miss. They're in a top, what are they, number six in the RPI, uh, chance to move up. They got a bunch of sweeps. They've swept teams on the road this year. And they're a veteran. They've got midweek wins over Alabama, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. Uh, they've got midweek wins over Tulane, uh, South Alabama, some teams like that. So Southern Miss is on track to have a uh, phenomenal year, but more importantly, to set themselves up to be able to play at home in the postseason to try to get back to Omaha for the first time since 2009. And so that's the situation on the baseball. Let's hit the phone. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Rooster, hanging on line one. What's up, Rooster? Well, listen, thanks a lot. Gosh, we had, what, 10 minutes with Bart? Hallelujah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Although he didn't say a whole lot, but he, he it was great to get that interview. But listen, the favorite team to win the SEC tournament is Mississippi State or Ole Miss, I guarantee you. Tennessee and Arkansas are the class of the league, but they're in. The, they're in it. They know it. And it's what you do at the end of the season. I would. I'll make a prediction. I'll bet money. Ole Miss or Mississippi State wins the SEC baseball tournament. And and you're factoring in that one. The the best teams aren't going to be that motivated to play in it, kind of like State last Absolutely. year. And then two, Absolutely. you're you're saying on top of that, State and Ole Miss. One of them is going to be desperate enough to go win the thing to try to play themselves into the tournament. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And both of them are, uh, you know, got the ability, no question. You forget RPIs. And, you know, Mississippi State uh, won, won out from being 7 8 in the league. Mm. He should have scored. Uh, Pete Rose and Ponto would have scored. <laughs> you take out that catcher. Yeah. Uh. But anyway, you know, well, you know what? Bad, Honestly, yeah, now you're happens. right. You're right. Pete Rose would have pulled a, you know, another one, and like he did with Ray Fossey, and he would have run over the catcher. But there is a rule in college baseball: you can't do that. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. just, uh, I know, wishful thinking. But you made a mistake about Ole Miss. They're not that bad. They actually got a better record than State. They kept saying yesterday that they were five and sixteen. They're not five and sixteen. They're five and eleven. Since the sixteen-four start, are they okay? I didn't count it up. They've lost sixteen games overall, or fifteen games. Actually, they've lost one less game than Mississippi State. Yeah, let's see here, real quick. They are okay. Ole Miss overall is twenty-one and fifteen. State is twenty-two and sixteen. So State's got one more win and one more loss. Uh, so they're they're right there together. And I was trying to look too, Rooster, at like what's the major difference in their wins and losses. Um. And and you know home and the home versus on the road, they're they're kind of in the same boat. Ole Miss is fourteen and eight at home. State is seventeen and eight at home. Ole Miss is seven and six on the road. State is four and six on the road. And then they both are sub five hundred in neutral side. Ole Miss is zero and one. That was the loss to Southern Miss in a in a midweek. State is one and two. In neutral site. So road games and neutral site games is where you make up a ton of ground in the RPI stuff, and that's where both teams have lost a lot of ground in that RPI deal. Well, my prediction is one of them will win the SEC tournament. But one quick question, and I, again, appreciate Mark Gregory. Is he, co- is he related to Coach Gregory? 
I don't think so. I think he's been asked that before, but I can't speak for him. I, I, I think I've heard him address that, that he's not related to it. Um, no, just, I just, and I Googled it. I didn't, it didn't yeah. pull it up. But, you know, it'll be a, an exciting series this weekend for sure. And uh, I agree. Gosh. But I think when you get right down to the nitty-gritty, the ingredient that separates those two teams is left-field lounge. Hmm. That's my prediction anyway. So I'm hoping that they did the same thing they did last year, win the SEC and back in a regional. We'll see. All right. Appreciate it, Rooster. Thanks for the phone call, man. Um, you know, and here's the thing about it. I mean, you got to get in the SEC tournament before you can win it. And right now, I mean, State and Ole Miss both are at or near the bottom of the league. State is one spot out of the bottom. At six and nine in the SEC, they're tied with Florida and South Carolina, and you have three teams at the bottom at five and ten in league play. That's Ole Miss, Missouri, and Kentucky. And don't I have it right? You got to be, you got to be twelve, one of the top twelve. The last two teams, thirteen and fourteen in the league standings and tiebreakers included, are going to miss Hoover. They'll take the twelve. So, I mean, that's the other thing, you know. Um, it's desperation mode at this point for both teams because every game is important towards get trying to play yourself into the NCAA tournament. And part of playing yourself into the NCAA tournament is making a run in Hoover. Well, you got to get to Hoover. you got to make sure you're in those top 12 spots. And Right now, State is. Ole Miss isn't. I mean, and we've still got a lot of baseball to play, though. You know, so there's hope. These games tonight are big, big consequence games for sure. Tonight and this weekend. More phone calls coming up. Stick around. Are you ready? Get ready for the Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And he's on your radio right now. now. You've got the Matt Wyatt Show. Hi, back with you. Here we go. Rolling along on this Thursday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. Squirrel texted in and said he would take Rooster's bet of State or Ole Miss winning the SEC baseball tournament because uh, Rooster said he was willing to bet money. Y'all take that up amongst yourselves. That's between you two. And, Robbie, I'll get to your question in just a minute. First, though, Chris, hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Chris, appreciate you hanging on. What's up? How you doing, Matt? Just right. Boy, I don't call for a while, and while Bill thinks I'm Lynn every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You could be confused with worse people, I promise you. Oh, I know. Well, I just called to say that I think I'm willing to succeed. I think I'm willing to back down my my prediction and say that I don't I don't I just don't know I don't see it coming through. Yeah, yeah, I think you're I mean, up against it. It, it, it would, it's going to take. Let's just call it what it is, Chris. Okay, it's going to take a small miracle for state to play its way into the NCAA tournament right now. Yeah, I think it's going to take a 2018 effort, and I don't see the leadership on the team to do that. Yeah. It's just my opinion. And, I mean, also, too, you know, you had your best two pitchers get hurt 
at the beginning of the season, and it just really hasn't materialized. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and nobody else has stepped up. So, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, you can't tell me we don't have the talent to do it. It's just I don't know if these guys are the same kind of guys we had before. Yeah. Well, and you know something too, Chris, like, okay, and, and we can address it here. Robbie had texted, and his question was, so, Matt, what's the reasoning for State's downfall, if you will, this year? He said, I understand it is in the SEC, but this is not like MSU baseball. Um, Chris, and I'll, I'll get more into it later, I kind of feel like there's a lot of factors there for State, and none of them are excuses. Um, I do think that there's a certain – gritty and and mentality almost a, a a gritty focus mentality that you have to have that state just hadn't quite had this year i don't know what you point to there you mentioned leadership how would you answer that question i mean i, I just think i said it a minute ago i mean you know to quote one of the one of the um one of the best movies of my time, remember the Titans, I mean, you know, attitude reflects leadership. And I just don't think the leadership is where it needs to be on this team. And, I mean, you know, I thought the leadership coming into this year was going to be a stretch anyway because your best player and your your, your vocal leader was going to be one of your starting pitchers, which wasn't going to be there every day. Mm. So I just don't think, you know, and I mean – I know Brandon Smith's still coming off of Tommy John, and we all know, we've all seen the talent that that kid has, but he hasn't stepped up like I thought he would this year. I thought he was going to play a big factor down the road. And, I mean, I, I haven't watched Ole Miss, but to be to where they were earlier this year and to have dropped as far as they have, yeah. it seems like they're dealing with the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does. And I said it earlier this year that, I just don't think that Ole Miss, and I don't know if they'll ever have it under Bianco, I don't know if they'll ever recruit the type of person or the type of players that has that gritty leadership mentality that State has always had. And I just, I think the, I think, I think the best thing for Mississippi State and for the rest of the SEC is if they continue to hold on to Bianco, because if they get rid of him and they get a better coach, then I think we're all going to be in a lot of trouble because they can show that they can recruit up there, but now whether they can recruit the type person that it does, that it takes to do what we did last year, that's still under advisement. You know, I mean, it's really not there. And I'm sorry that I haven't been. You know, I think everybody thinks that I've disappeared because of the baseball and everything else being the way that it has. But it hadn't. I broke my finger. I broke my thumb at work. And I've had to have surgery, and I've just been away from my radio. Dead gum. Well, I'll tell, this, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. You either got a new phone or something, or you're calling me from a better one because you sound as clear as you ever have when you call the show. <laughs> well, usually I'm in a big truck running up down the road, uh-huh. so I got that's you. probably why. I got you. So, okay. But it's good to hear your voice, and y'all have a great day. You too, Chris. Get Hail that State. hand, Hail State. Get that hand healed up, and we'll talk to you soon. That's why I thought he was Lynn. Uh-huh. It's, it's, Sounds so different. I know it. Clear as a bell. Okay, uh, Robbie, everybody, listen up. See what you think. Now, stats, statistics are like a bikini. They show you a lot, but not everything. But I think this is pretty telling. Okay, Chris was talking about leadership, 
And to me, you know, sometimes we hear leadership and all we think about is giving speeches and being first in line for the drills. And that's part of it. But it's got to be paired with the leader has to be one of your best players, too, most of the time. <laughs> Not always, but most of the time. You got to be great players, right? You just, you're getting it done. The uh, reason that everybody talked about Landon Sims, sort of that bulldog quarterback mentality, but he's the best player on your, on your baseball team, hands down, far and away. He's like the lone first-round draft pick you got on your team right now. Uh, he's a first-rounder even with uh, a surgically repaired elbow right now. So that's how good he is, how dominant he was before he got hurt. But listen to this. To this point, State is not getting and hasn't gotten the consistency in its lineup from the kids who returned off of last year's team. They had a a group of guys who were a big part of last year's team who are back and aren't necessarily leading the way in terms of playing. And they may be solid guys and they're on time and they're lifting weights and doing all the right stuff, but it's not on the field, and that's a big part of it, okay? Here's what I mean. When you think about that group, think about the the core group in your lineup back from last year's team. Hancock, Tanner, Logan Tanner, Cameron James, and um, and Kellum Clark, who had big at-bats for you throughout that Omaha run. Just take those four guys, and maybe there's one more. I mean, Cumbust, okay? You know, you look at Cumbust, but that's another one, too. And of the group, he may be the most consistent out of all of them. But when you think about that group, Luke Hancock, Cameron James, Logan Tanner, Kellum Clark, and, and put Cumbus in there. And then I tell you this. State does not have anybody in the top 15 in the SEC in batting average. They don't have one player in the top 15 in the SEC in batting average. Slugging percentage. Think about the names I mentioned to you returning off last year's team. State has one player in the top 15 in the SEC in slugging percentage, and it's R.J. Yeager at at 13th in the SEC. A newcomer. You have one player in the top 15 in slugging, and it's a newcomer. State doesn't have anybody in the top 15 in the SEC and on base. You look at driving in runs. State has one player in the top 15 in the SEC and RBIs. And it's Hunter Hines, freshman, a newcomer who wasn't here last year. At number six in the SEC and RBIs with 38 of them. You look at home runs. State has two players in the top 10 in the SEC in home runs. They are Hunter Hines and R.J. Yeager, two newcomers. One transfer, one freshman who was not on your team last year. And that is all these offensive things we're looking at. And, and it's a baseball team that has four to five guys that were the 
were part of the guts of your lineup on a national championship team last year. And none of those guys' names are popping up in any of these categories. And, you know, I'm not downing those guys at all, okay? What I'm saying is, from, from last year to this, the returning production out of last year's lineup hasn't necessarily come in here this year and elevated for one reason or another. Part of that might be because they haven't seen the number of pitches to hit. Maybe they aren't protected in the same spots in the lineup. Maybe they got off to slow starts, whatever the case may be. And some of those, they haven't protected each other. Um, You know what I'm saying? It could be any number of things that you point to. I just think overall that's pretty telling to me. We're looking at offensive numbers, offensive stats, compared to the rest of the SEC, and we are halfway through the season. I mean, Luke Hancock, of the veterans returning in State's lineup from last year's team, we're talking second- and third-year players. Luke Hancock shows up. He's in the top ten in the SEC and walks. But, you you know, you can't find Logan Tanner. You can't find James. You can't find Kellum Clark. I don't, I don't find Cumbest. He's he's hitting over 300, but he's not in the top 15 of guys in the SEC. It paints a picture. Like, at this point of the year, you want to look at offensive superlatives, it's a couple of newcomers. And that's on a team that returned four to five guys out of your national championship lineup from last year. There's what happened right there. And pitching injuries. There you go. Hour two coming up.